Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick. It's the 49er faithful UK show. Week 14 is done, and it's another welcome and fully enjoyable battering of the Seattle Seahawks. That makes it five wins in a row. This win, combined with the Eagles' loss on Sunday Night Football, means that the Niners are now the number one seed in the NFC playoffs. Win out, and we get a bye and every playoff game at Levi's. Slip up, and it is possible the Eagles or Cowboys can grab the number one seed back from us. But that is a conversation for another show. I'm Gareth Ellis, and enjoying another Seahawks Victory Monday, it is Paul Hope. What's up, Fairfall? Victory and Mondays Najee. are even sweeter in December, Gareth. They are. Yeah. And Najee Kawar. Hello, everyone. Uh, apologies from Lee Gowland. He is, he is blaming a missed train connection, um, but we suspect it might be to do with his candlestick-in visit or possibly the way his score prediction uh, didn't quite work out, for which, of course, we all had massive sympathy. Uh, But anyway, lads, uh, quite a lot to unpack on that game. Quite a lot of talking points, I think. Um, What talking points have you got for me, Naji? I've got the greatest fourth round pick of all time. We have to talk about Wish. Uh, Fred Warner and absolutely what he does in owning Mr. Metcalf and that plus everything he does on the field uh, and my third talking point is apparently it, it was my birthday even though it wasn't i got a jordan mason game and a jaya brown game so a uh, very happy camper oh yeah i thought you would be paul what have you got i had to start run cmc that first drive set the tone debo debo <laughs> debo we were banging the drum last week gareth and we have to talk about 19 again and I've got a new name for one of Naji Karar's favourites. Big mm. play Brock. Dinkin well, what? Dinkin what? I'm sure there's a few yeah, players we're going to talk creepy. about tonight, chaps. But that's a new <laughs> moniker that the 49 Faithful UK have dropped. You've heard it here first, Gareth. So there's my talking points, buddy. Cutting edge. Very good. Like to see it. Uh, I've got uh, some simple ones. Um, what have I got? Metcalf Meltdown. Uh, I think we've touched <laughs> on that. Demo Delivers. And unfortunately, battered bodies, uh, something to talk about there. But let's start with, I think, Fred Warner. Um, That's as good a place to start as any, and that overlaps with a couple of others. So, Najee, take it away. Yeah, I mean, we haven't talked about him all that much recently because we talk so much about Brock and CMC and Debo, and we talk usually about the defense as a whole. But I think what Fred showed, although it wasn't his best showing on the field, um, just a set of action with DK Metcalf that sent him over the edge to lose his cool completely. I thought it was kind of the embodiment of our team. And I know I've heard uh, some some rumors that Carl's asked the team to try and get under DK's skins, which seems pretty easy. You just have to play football, apparently. Um, he doesn't like that because he can't. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I just thought the whole embodiment the whole set of action of him getting the pick on that fourth down which he should have batted down by the way that's much better for us uh, <laughs> and then getting slammed down and then kind of chipping him a little bit dirty but not kind of not quite that dirty compared to what Metcalf done to him uh, and then the, just the response of when he got his face sketch grabbed by both hands for some reason 
and the non-replying and the just, you know, we're better than you. What are you going to do about it? Um, I just think it's it's one of those things that you, I, I personally love to see. I, I like when players show that they're good people as well as great players. And it usually makes the good great. Um, you know, we think of people like Larry Fitzgerald and all those names that you just have to respect the guy for what he does. Uh, you know, outside the field as well as his play, um, and yeah, and, and the motor and the way he just carries himself is just amazing. And he's just the motor of our team. He's our captain, and it, I think it's nice to be reminded who he is. He's he's absolutely everywhere all the time, and it's great. And then if on top of that you put a little cherry called DK Merkalf getting ejected, that's just that's just perfect, isn't it? Uh, so yeah. Well done, Fred. Uh, you, you're going to need to play a bit better than that. Though. That wasn't your best outing. What more can you say, Paul? Can you, add, can you add anything to that? I think, yeah, Daddy's covered it, really. We probably haven't talked about Fred as much, and I think no. he he doesn't perhaps get the stats because he doesn't get the sacks. He doesn't necessarily get that many interceptions, and I think that, that for some people, that might say why why you're talking about Fred Warner. Um, but for me, he's a defensive player of the year candidate um, because of all those other things and and the leadership he brings. What what can you add, Paul? Go on, surprise us. No, we've been selling the show a bit tongue in cheek. We started the defensive player of the year talk a couple of weeks ago. We're well known, Neely Neely Gowland. I know you're listening, Neely. We're well known on the show for the love for fifty four. Me and Badgie have put our money where our mouth is. We've got our jerseys. And he sets the tone. We talk about the eye test, Gareth. Go and look at your PFF stats. Fred isn't your top-rate defender from Sunday's victory, but the impact he has on the field. And Nadji, I know it was better for him to bat it down, but we love a pick on this show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... Brown is your man and we're jumping around, but I did call a pick in your absence the other night, buddy, so you I did. knew you'd be happy. But would we be surprised, Gareth, end of the season, if Nick Borsa hands the Defensive Player of the Year crown over to Fred Warner? And I think you said it, you go, any 32 teams in the NFL would want Warner. He's the best linebacker in football. And that's all I'm going to say on 54. Yeah, it's a, it's another performance, isn't it? It's that he, he's always there um, as the leader of the team and he, and he's setting the tone uh, and he's just, it's, yeah, can't say anything more about, uh, he is the perfect, he's the prototype linebacker. If you were a young player playing linebacker, all you need to do is Fred Warner. That's what you. That's your job. That's what you need to do. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Easy. So um, enough. Enough about Fred. Let's go on uh, to one of yours, uh, Paul. Where do you want to start? I mean, you've got big play, Debo, and and a bit of CMC. I mean, they're all they're all, all a bit tied it. together. Let's start start with big play Brock, and I think that will spill over into the others. You've confused me now. I, I was going to say we'll go with the run play, but we'll go with big play Brock. So again, we love a start on this show. Now, we talked in-depth, Nadji, because I know you weren't here the other night, about Seattle trying to take away the middle of the field and Brock Purdy liking to attack the middle. And I think it's fair to say the cover three defence of Seattle did well on Sunday, covering the middle of the field. And what better way to beat that coverage than a deep ball, which we've not <laughs> seen for a long, long time. I mean, you go and look on his pass chart on next-gen stats, and it was big play after big play. Pick your poison. The one to Debo Samuel, there's a knock on Debo Gareth that maybe doesn't run his routes as well as Ayuk, maybe needs to put a bit more effort in. Go and watch that route from Debo. He sets off like a train. 
slows it down, and then boom, and Brock puts that ball perfectly. And I'm not even surprised anymore, Najee. I've coined the moniker, big player Brock. We spent a long time last week talking about Brock's MVP status, and you said it in the Discord group, maybe we need to move away from it a little bit. But as Niners fans, I think we're all sick of hearing the hate on this kid's name. He is Mr. Relevant now. Career high, 368 passing yards, 19 of 27 passes with a pair of touchdowns. Even the interception didn't get me mad because I would think the interception's more on Ayuk than it is on on Brock. And I don't know about you two, but at the candlestick in when the interception happened, we didn't have that groan of despair. We just dusted it off because we knew Carl was going to, right, come back, we'll look at the, the, uh, the tablet and we'll put it right. I mean, I referenced the Debo touchdown because for me, that was it, it was just explosive. But Nadji, for the people watching on YouTube, has put on the uh, pass chat there. Where do you want to go, Nadji? Come on. You've been a, an advocate I mean, of Brock. It, yeah. The thing is, I think, as you said, there's two things I want to I want to talk about here. The, the first thing is, yeah, Seattle's tried to stop us throwing over the middle. And if you, if you look at the chart, the largely didn't really do a good job and that's because brock is very good at what he does um but then when they did which you know it was kind of the more intermediate a little bit further more than 10 yards they managed to stop us the five six white dot here on the on the screen if you're if you're watching that's all in completion so they did do a better job than the, a, a couple of weeks ago but yeah if you watch the jt or sullivan uh, breakdown of last week against the Eagles. We had that play to Debo open, and he he managed to squeeze it to to Ayuk, uh, and JT just called him on him, called Brock on it, and just give him two days, and he re- he responds on it, launches it to Debo, and it, it's it's a perfect pass. It can't be thrown any better, and it's an easy touchdown. He just he could have walked that in because Jamal Adams can't cover. Um, Yikes! So yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's a very good in-the-box safety. That's about it, really. Uh, The pick, I don't know. I think it's probably on BA. I I, I don't know. It's miscommunication, I think. I think Brock was expecting BA to do something else. BA was expecting Brock to do something else. And then it's it's kind of unfortunate. It's really not the end of the world. It it happens. It's one of those picks that just doesn't really change the game. Uh, I I thought they didn't do anything. They didn't score points off of it. Uh, unlike Jimmy used to throw picks at the worst possible time when we needed points or when the go- the game really needed to, to go in our favor, it would just screw our momentum. That's a pick that's just like, oh, whatever, not the end of the world. And this why it's sixth of the season. That's nothing, really. Or seventh, maybe, I can't remember. But no, he's, a, he's amazing and what he does. He does it, everything he does, he does it extremely well. And when something doesn't go his way, he still does what it's not supposed to do extremely well. So the scramble and the pass to Ayuk, which is that second deep red uh, green dot there on the screen, if you see it, we all remember the play. It's not supposed to go there. It gets flushed out. He just finds someone and just launches it. it. It's just good. It's just good. No matter what he does, he just does it with extreme high level and does it really well. You, you can't ask the guy for more. Uh, just... And his stats are getting better. We know we're used to saying, oh, that's just a broadcast. But 368 yards, that's not bro- That's better than he's usually high. does. He, 
yeah, career, career high. high. So, so, and it's been a few weeks now that is over 300, um, and we used to beg for that. So, what else can you say about the Be- guy? He just before Gareth jumps in, Nadji. There's one thing that we need to mention that's on my notepad. We're seeing the best throw of Purdy's career every Sunday, every week. Yeah, I'm smiling because JT O'Sullivan did, for you, for those people that are watching the breakdowns, it's one of my favourite videos on YouTube. I'm waiting for it to come out. And you're right, Nadji, challenged him. He actually said, yeah. didn't he? Hit Debo yeah. and I'll be impressed. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the same play. I mean, the 45-yard completion you've talked to Ayuk, the third down where he moved with his feet to keep it yeah. alive to Samuel. The 44-yard touchdown to Kittle. And yeah. these are all in one game, Niners fans. We're used to seeing this once every couple of weeks previously. We're seeing this Maybe. in the same game. And, uh, I mean, come on, Gareth. You must be still on the bracket ship. You're not going to oh, totally. abandon us now, are you, buddy? No, no. I think that's that's been, certainly since the first few games this season, the only question ever was, is he going to, how is he going to handle recovering from the Elmo and and being the franchise quarterback mentally and we've just seen Brock just doesn't seem phased by anything I think it's a bit it is an extension of Brock but I think one thing that not not worried me as such but our offense has had this identity of of bullying teams we've like we did against the Eagles it was long drives of sometimes you know chunk plays but we used to grind opponents down and we used to get the ball run the clock run the ball and it would often be a lot of short passes. And we'd have that offense that was a possession-based offense. And we'd always have that concern. What do we do if we suddenly end up 14 points behind? Out of a couple of freak plays, can we, can we be a big play offense? And I think in that game, we saw that we could be. Because that was it. It was big plays all over. Maybe that was the way it went. Or maybe Shanahan's like, okay, let's... let's uh, just take the training wheels off again and let's go for this offense because that's the rhythm of this game that we're not going to be able to do those short ones because it it was a different offensive performance. I think it's very much different than the Eagles because fair enough, CMC got the yards, but he got most of it on three runs. Um, And it wasn't that grinding out six, seven yards frequently and loads of first downs. It was just chunk play after chunk play. And it's just shown that we can win in different ways. And sometimes the rhythm of the game goes one way and it goes against you and you've got to adapt. And I think we adapted to that. And I think we we didn't panic at all. Obviously, we went ahead on second play of the game, effectively, but then fell behind, couldn't get going. But there's, there's no panic. There's just like, mm. all we need to do is we'll string together two or three plays and the defence will get into the position I want them. And then we'll just we'll just do one of those surgical strikes and Brock did that three times in a row in that game. Uh, and we've got a quarterback who can deliver it, and Shanahan knows he can deliver it. So Shani wants to dial it up. Uh, and that's it. I think that's the, the big play. We've got a big play offense, a big play coach, and a quarterback who can deliver those big plays, along with big play receivers. Just so, say, just before we move on from Brock, it's lauded Nadji about his 70% of passes he's completed. That was Sunday, the high percentage. And that helps Gareth, like you say, the interception, you dust it off. But another notable achievement is these top quarterbacks tend to have a favoured receiver. And you'll go through history and you can pick your favourites. Ayuk topped 1,000 yards on Sunday. Wasn't in any of our talking points because it's just standard for BA. Second straight <laughs> season. You've got Kittle on 811 yards. 
Samuel on 739 yards. What are the chances of them three joining Ayuk in the 1,000-yard club? Thousand, yeah. And you think, how rare would that be? Now, Gowland's known for his history. And as prolific as Montana and Young have been, no 49ers team has had three 1,000-yard receivers in one season. Now, we're lauding the plaudits on big player Brock, but he deserves them. The numbers are backing him up. And it's it's just a joy to watch, isn't it? As a 49ers fan, you look at this offence, we make bold predictions every week. and We joke on who's going to score the touchdowns. Erwad George Mason scored the first touchdown over yeah. the Najee Karan. I think, I think at one of us predicted more than three thousand yard receiver. I, I can't remember if it was maybe me. I don't remember. You, you guys are gonna have to listen to the prediction show and let us know. Uh, but I'm pretty sure some, somebody did. I did and last year and you didn't did last quite. Year. Oh, actually, no, I did get it because I counted Ray May, Ray Ray McLeod. Who had a thousand yards on on returns? Oh, that's so I right. said something like, "We'll that's have right. a three thousand yard scrimmage uh, players," and I think we right. I think it I think we got it. I mean, mm. as special as the Niners are, we've had th- we've had two players hit the thousand yard mark. Nineteen eighty nine, we had Jerry Rice and John Taylor. In ninety one, it says Rice and Taylor, and then in ninety eight, Rice and Tio. So it just goes to show you how special this season could be. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I've I got mean, the cap on backwards for those people listening. It's a bit tongue-in-cheek. There's the other... Brock is the only of four QBs that have completed 70% completion in more than seven games in, in one season. And Joe Montana's got the record with eight. Um, so you just need to do it one more time this season, 70%, and he'll uh, be in, in good company with uh, Joe Cool. Um, so, yeah. Brock Cool, Joe Cool. And if Ayuk hadn't yeah. fumbled, we could have had more points, mm. which there's going to be a controversy in the score prediction. We'll, we'll get to that. But I think for Brock, <laughs> Gareth, we're just enjoying it. Why not? Non-Niners yeah. fans are still hitting us with that stick. I secretly would love him to win the MVP now, Najee. More for them than for us, because we know how great he is. But I yeah. saw a lot of talk about another quarterback, who I'm not going to mention his name, for MVP, and he's not a patch on number 13. Hmm. Should we uh, should we stick with the offense? We had CMC and Debo, but they're also a big part of the big plays. Uh, I think yeah. we've we've touched on them a, a little bit, but I think certainly yeah, CMC had a bit of a, a cracking game. He just he's relentless, isn't he? He, really he just is. goes all game. He's yeah. like that energizer bunny. Yeah, uh, it's just it's just so good at what he does, and you know when you start the game and you get seventy one yards, it looked easy as well. I just it just sets the tone and. We, you know, we called this game, or you guys called this game, and, and I agreed with it, a potential trap game. And what better way to make sure that the, the Seahawks know their place and don't get their hopes too high by starting the game the way we did and, and running behind CMC and beyond Trent Williams, who has been better than I've ever seen him this season. I don't know what's, what he's eating, but he needs to carry on. Um, running left seems to be a cheat code at the moment. It's just too easy. Um, nobody's untouched until they get to the third level almost. Um, but yeah, no, it just doesn't stop. It really doesn't stop. And even when he stopped, he doesn't stop. <laughs> it's just crazy how many times he bounces and spins and managed to get eight yards out of nothing. Um, yeah. I, a while back, I thought CMC would get... Um, the, the MVP nod. Uh, I think he slowed down somewhat 
to be the problem with running back having that award is they have to do something truly special that's kind of never been done before and he's not quite on pace to do that uh, in terms of stats and records and all that i think i did broke the record for a consecutive game we could have still talked about it maybe uh, yeah it's just you know you have to break 2000 or yeah. something like that to be able to to be in the conversation and he's got so many other weapons playing so well around him it's not just him so he's not really the most valuable player um so but yeah he's i mean come on paul <laughs> that trade c minus i'll say it again <laughs> and i'll say it many times lads i love that man the only reason yeah. 23 is not hung up is because i had it on in the candlestick in last night you said at the start gareth we don't have an identity and where i agree to a point i disagree because our identity is Kyle Shanahan needs a knockout punch. He calls a run player. He says, right, lads, we're running to the left. <laughs> Trent Williams got out in front. Now, what's been surprising is the first quarter of the Eagles game, a few people were losing it because Kyle Shanahan was dialing up pass play, pass play. He doesn't like to put the run players in straight away because you said it at the start, buddy, we're known for being a run-heavy team in the past. But this battle between Stinky Pete and Kyle Shanahan, like you said, Nancy, set the tone. First play from the line of scrimmage, <laughs> 72 yards. And when you go back and watch the all 22 level, I've seen various breakdowns. Baldy breaks it down best. The fact that, Nadji, the gaps they create, you're a running back. You must watch that and think, I know CMC's good, but the space he's got, I, but the I extra jinx, <laughs> the extra level. And Kyle Shannon just said straight away, Gareth, this is what we're going to do to you. And you're right, I was kind of glad that we stuttered a little bit because I didn't want to win this one too easily. I wanted to mm. see us come back. I wanted to see how we could bounce back from adversity. I did chuckle that CMC's ran it for 72 yards and anyone who's got CMC on your fantasy team is thinking, <laughs> touchdown's coming. <laughs> Jordan yep. Mason comes in. But the fact that we think he's in the MVP conversation, Gareth, is his ability as a receiver, the fact that yeah. he's in as the decoy, and where there's a knock on Debo for his effort, you can't knock CMC. If CMC knows his number's not getting called and he's out in the slot, he's put on full steam ahead in that. And he had three receptions for over 20 yards looking at the stats. And if you need a go-to player, what better to have CMC? But you're right, Nadji, I'm, I'm smirking. I would give the award to CMC, but at the moment, he's just not quite at that level that the NFL wants for an MVP. Any more love for 23, Gareth? Come on, join the party, buddy. No, no more love. I think the uh, the MVP conversation, yeah, f to be anything other than the quarterback, you need all the quarterbacks in the league to have a down season and you need to do something truly amazing, like 2,500 yards and 50 TDs. And I even think then I'm not sure that you'd, you'd get that with a running back. You should, but it's a quarterback's league. Um, and they get the votes. And, and I also think, I mean, there is something with the MVP voting. It's, there's a not a bias as such, but I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Rodgers gets a couple of votes for MVP because they'll say, oh, he, he, he took those three snaps really well. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, it, yeah, he's more likely yeah, to get it than CMC. It's, it's, what about also, Trent Williams? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, which way does CMC go? Goes to the left. Yeah. Who's out in front of him? 71. Hmm. Let's let's change tack. Should we talk about our best fourth round pick of all time? Uh, who, oh my who God! Possibly, could you be referring to Najee? 
Mitch Wichnowski, oh, yeah. crazy all Australian guy. Oh, all pro. Yeah, I mean, he should be. The, he's, let's just talk about his punting for a minute because it's been amazing uh, outright. All I season. think the whole season he's been averaging. I don't know. I, I wish I had the stats. Should have looked it up. Um, but he's, he's pulling the, the team in their 20 about 90% of the time, if not more than now, I think. And it might even be the 10s. Uh, it, it, his punting has been incredible this season. And uh, and we have to commend him for that because it's a lot easier to win games, especially when you got a good defense. If the other team has to drive 80 yards on average um, rather than you know, 70, 60 or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, Mitch... Keep keep it going, but that play, oh my god! <laughs> and I don't think it was a designed run. I think Mitch no, saw the not. pressure. I think the snap was a bit iffy, maybe, or he caught it a bit funny, and he saw the pressure and just took it upon himself to run 40 yards, uh, only to be called back by a couple of penalties. Which mm, I have to be devil's advocate here. I know Ronnie Bell fell, and he didn't mean to block the guy, but he did block the guy below the West, which is illegal. Um, and therefore, the flag is warranted. I know it's harsh, but it is what it is. I will say, I thought the out-of-bounds tackle would have been a dead out, dead ball foul. So we should have had the 15 yards after the, mm. after the, the, the play, which should have been a first down. But... Never mind. Uh, all that matters is that that play was it was amazing. I was just like, oh my god! And I even thought at one point he would go all the way because so when I... he when he turned he the corner, I just thought, yeah, he thought about he, he it. Thought he thought about it for stepping out, didn't he? But then he, yeah, I think he, he thought, oh, I'm in enough trouble as it is. I better not yeah. blow it. Yeah, and I think if it wasn't for the returner, or if somebody could just blocked him, uh, or if Ronnie Bell didn't fall. Uh, the, oh, it was, I love plays like this, and we see it. it in in the NFC West, it seems to happen all the time. The Rams do it to the, the Seahawks. The Seahawks do it to us. We do it to the, to the Rams, etc., etc. And seeing it happen, I was just like, oh my God, we've called a play against the Seahawks and we caught them on it, which doesn't happen that often. And I remember four years ago that they did it to us with... Uh, mm. oh, they I scored, I think, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they scored on it. It was the first punt. The first punt of the game, yeah. And, mm. and we lost that game. Oh, it was very close. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, so it, it's always going back and forth between those teams. It's, it's just cool to see all of it. And yeah, I mean, Mitch has been playing amazing. And it's also Diga Lee, because we all know that he's called that pick the worst pick we've ever had. And I think it's the best fourth round we've ever had. I, I, uh, I do have some stats that I did oh, say. go on, um, go this, on. This is, this is, I think, even from a game or two ago. But uh, uh, Wisniewski has put 30.6% of his punts inside the opponent's 10-yard line. Wow. The that which is first in the league, second is 23.3%. So he's like 8% oh, wow. clear, 7% yeah. clear. And he has put 13.9% of his punts inside the 5-yard line. Oh, wow. Then second place is 8.7%. So wow. he is he is streets ahead on what you really want your pun, punter to deliver, which yeah, is pin your opponent's ball. back. That's all he pro is, punter, He's definitely on to an all-pro season. It's interesting. It was an article that said all he needs to do is pull out a few of those runs like he used to do at Utah. So a little bit, maybe he read that. Um, maybe he did. It was a little bit prophetic. Um, yeah. But I, I, 
I think those are always good because that it keeps people honest. And I it do does. think a trick play sometimes is worth yeah. doing just because people have to, people will have to account for that now, yeah. which means they might drop less people back, which means that we might be able to, uh, to pin yeah, people absolutely. even further. So I agree. I agree. Yeah. I'm going to say, is he one of our worst pick draft picks of all time? Well, third, pe- I think. People have come expecting a Patrick Mahomes meltdown from me, going against Najee, defending <laughs> Ronnie Bell. That wasn't a penalty. True Mahomes style, that, that play should count. Oh, that play should count on, if you listen to. But I mean, Najee, that, I, I, we're digressing. Mahomes, it was a foul. It was a flag. I don't know what you're talking about. But Get over it, mate. <laughs> I think you're right, Gareth. You said that keeps defence is honest. And the fact that we called a special, uh, a trick play on special teams. I mean, they're not called. It can't, it's just, we all got trophy and the candlestick yeah. in. And I've seen the other angle, Nadji. I think the snap's bad. So, Tabor Pepper, yeah. come Tabor. on, buddy. Don't be letting us down. But the fact that Mitch had that kind of confidence, I don't think we'd have seen that a couple of years, chaps. I think now we've got the confidence where even if he messes that up, mm. he knows the defence are going to bail him out. He knows the offence are going to bail him out. And actually, it just raised. I mean, we were there for the Buccaneers game. If that had happened when we'd been there. Oh, my God. I, you just the, the energy in the stadium. And I was just, yeah. I have a bit of sympathy for Ronnie Bell because he is on my player watch. And I've watched it in slow motion. He, he does slip. And I think the Seahawks oh, yeah. player does a good job of selling the flop. But yeah, in the rules of the game, which Nadji always teaches us about everybody, it was a foul. But it was the greatest non-play True. to happen. And he is the but best half-round pick. With some of the falls and the shoves and stuff, you, you would just have flags all the time. You know, no, but when, he's when blocking players... back to the ball and it's below the waist. It's yeah. it's very dangerous if people actually did that. it's You can't not call that. It's, it's totally you just can't be the voice of reason so quickly. I'm, I'm sorry, in the but Discord it's, it chat. is. Nadji was straight away. I was like, Nadji, we need to have still another hurting. Bro. Just like the demo ejection, it, the ref have to do it. It's, it's just, it's you know, otherwise... Otherwise, the game escalates, and you don't want that. They're here to try and keep the peace. And he did shove, and he hit the helmet of the guy. I know it's not a punch, but it doesn't matter. They have well, to eject him. That's, uh, Demo was one of my um, talking points as well as my player yeah, watch. I won't milk it too much. Um, but we'll talk about that. Let's let's start with that. I did uh, I did enjoy the um, the spirit of our defence, that, that yep. Demo isn't, isn't the biggest unit. But there, I mean, there's a lot of fighting him, and he is tough. Um, but the fact that he sort of leaps in to protect Warner, who is clearly a gentleman who can look after himself, um, <laughs> but obviously he he had been chipping at um, Metcalf pretty much all game because Metcalf was in his pocket pretty much mm. the entire game. Well, did you see? Yeah. He, I think he had to get ejected so he could cover him in the locker room as well. <laughs> that's that's what he did. It's just he that's it. Yeah. Team player, I like it, Nadji. I like that's it. it. <laughs> Yeah, if there was a if there was a Shanahan encouragement, I know I know Fred Warner might Fred get the award. He should share that present, I think, yeah, with I think uh, so, yeah. with Demo because um, I must say I was a little bit concerned with Mooney Ward going out, and yeah. perhaps we'll we'll talk about that with the injuries. And I did think, mm, how are we going to adapt to this? Um, mm-hmm. Particularly when uh, Metcalf had a had a good catch, good touchdown, good throw um, for that first uh, uh, TD for the Seahawks, and I thought, oh. Could we be in for a long game here? Could could Metcalf have a game on us? Um, and I think Demo said, no, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no. That's not happening today. 
And Thomas um, as well, yeah. And Ambry, Ambry Thomas as well. Um, and I think, you know, and Isaiah Oliver came in and, and obviously played quite a few snaps and uh, uh, fair play to him. Not great, but he's still, <laughs> not he's not sulking, having lost his, his starting job. He True. said, okay, team needs me today. I will do, I will do what the team needs me yeah. to the best of my ability. That's the other conversation, but still, um, it was it was good to see with Mo- with Mooney Ward going out. I I did think ah uh, this this could could be yeah. tricky, um, yeah. and it ended up not being. Um, so yeah, I think Demo's perhaps best game of the of the season. Um, the ejection aside, um, but I won't hold that too much against him. And I personally think he was a little bit unlucky to be ejected uh, yeah. because you, oh, you see players so put hands on each other all the time, and it wasn't yeah. really a punch. No, um, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, it's just I think it was needed. I, I think my my favorite play of his was the was the pick that got taken back. Uh, that was just a big boy play. Uh, what a pick! It was hard to do that. What he did uh, on DK Metcalf. I can't remember what he got called. Oh, it was the the Borsa offside. Uh, this is second mm. one of the game. And Borsa's uh, apologized, which, which is what yeah, I like he to did see. apologize. That's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it, it happened, isn't it? But yeah, that pick was. Pretty insane, big, big, big corner play that that's going to be on highlights. It's a shame it didn't count, but yeah. yeah. But I think I mean possibly people say our oh, lock knew it was a free play, um, but I think it's the, no, 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 the no. interceptions were all when he's targeting Metcalf. I think it shows one of the things is Metcalf isn't actually a particularly good route runner. No, he's and I think not. He, he's been really faded. Can't think of yeah, having a go at Metcalf. He's really faded since Russ isn't there because yeah. Russ was basically dropping the ball inside his shirt yeah. almost every play. And like you said, Nadge, at the beginning, he's got good hands, but he yeah. needs to be where he's supposed to be. And I think since Russ has gone, he's 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 only only had a couple of good games. I know he had a good game last week, but there we go. Anyway, um, enough <laughs> enough of uh, Metcalf meltdown. Fun to see. Um, and yeah, we he's an objection waiting to happen, isn't he? Yeah. I think yeah. that's that's pretty much covered everything. Uh, Jordan Mason and Jair Brown. Do you want to? Should we go on to Player Watch? Since I've well, talked we can, about Demo, we can do. We didn't talk Debo too much, but I mean, we know what he did. We know what I can mm-hmm. do. He, he hasn't lost a game this year. You know, the free game we lost was without Debo, and I, I, I think we said it at the time that we were missing him, and I think it's you apparent. did play. Yeah. That um, when he's here, things are just different. All if, I want to even just his, say even his people. touchdown, the running touchdown, we all thought that was going to CMC. Yeah. Everyone in the world thought that was going to CMC, and you give it to Debo. And this is what this is what Debo does to the, to our team. Um, just that extra thing that can happen. And even you throw across your body, he's just going to shove some guy out of the way. And, and almost make that touchdown. What a play that was! Yeah, that's Debo for us. We need to keep him. We need to sign everybody back. <laughs> All I wanted to say about Debo, I wrote it down. If last week was the arrival of 2021 Debo Gareth, this was the announcement that he's here to stay. And you talk about him having big plays. It's only the third time in his career that he's marked consecutive games with at least 100 or more receiving yards. And I just oh, wanted no. to say the efforts there. And mm-hmm. the, the cheeky nod was the chanting was going loud at the candlestick. Yeah. Good friend Connor Ryan was rocking 19. He's a Debo fan. So we had to mention it in our talking points, but we're not going to go on and on. It's just great to see. And two touchdowns. I called for one, Nadji, my bold predictions, but I let him off. He sprinkled an extra one in for, for little old me. Cool one. Get one free. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
there we go. We've covered the positives. I think perhaps the battered bodies, uh, a yeah. few injuries starting to creep in. It is yeah. that point of the season. And we, we have been, half aside, we have been generally pretty clear on the injury front. Obviously, we missed Trent Williams and, and Debo for a few games. Uh, but we, compared to how we've been in, in previous years, we've we've not seen too many injuries. Um, we've got Mooney Ward. Uh, yeah, Javon growing. Hargrave, I think it was possibly hamstring. pulled out a hamstring. Yep. Greenlaw went out for a period of time, but came back be in right. because yeah. again, he's, he strikes me as a bit like George Kittle. You know, yeah. literally his leg would have to be off for him to to actually yeah. want to back out of a game. Um, right. And Owen Burks, I think, also um, is a bit banged up. Yeah, but it, who, it seemed, who are we going to miss most? It seems Burks will be all right from what I can gather from what Kyle said. Uh, we'll see about. Uh, Gravedigger and Mooney Ward. Um, I, I think obviously Mooney Ward is the bigger, bigger one, especially in a couple of weeks um, against you know against Baltimore. Uh, hopefully he can be there for that because we're going to need full strength to win that game. They're a good team. Um, Hargrave, I'm not sure we'll miss him too much. We didn't really miss Arik too much this week. I think Kinlo, Callie Davis, Givens played really, really well. Uh, Tip of the cap to Clarin Farrell or have the monster game. Um it seems that you know us calling the fringe player of our D line, the the backups, the, the third stringer to step up as happened if, as uh, we knew it was gonna happen, that's what we do. Uh but I, I imagine that this game yesterday with Arik as well as uh I, so I think if 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 Armstead can come back, I don't think we'll miss uh, Hargrave too much. I mean, obviously, I would much rather have him. Uh, it's a lot easier, but um, I would much have a uh, have him during the playoffs than against the Cardinals and uh, and the Rams, uh, which we we might not even need to win that game. So um, hopefully they're good. Yeah, Mooney Ward's a bit. It's a groin injury. Apparently, he suffered that before. So we go. We'll see. Um, apparently, just Jason Verrett was signed to the practice squad today. Uh, he was. Which, yeah, we, last yeah, night. He, was, he yeah. announced it last night after the game. They announced it last and he night. was there so, in the locker room yeah. celebrating with the players. So, I mean, you know, if if JV is healthy and he can play, I don't think we'll miss yeah. a, a beat at all. Because when JV's good, he's maybe even better than when he was. So, um, Do you not we'll think see, he's but... covered now, G? Because Thomas and Lenar played so well on Sunday. Yeah, like the... Metcalf. He started the... well, but they shut yeah, that yeah. down. And them two were building good chemistry and then obviously you had Browning which we'll get to in a minute I don't want to steal your thunder yeah. I'm not worried about Ward sitting out I'd rather he the, took a week against yeah. the Cardinals oh yeah um, no absolutely the, my problem is the Oliver is is clearly a downgrade and you can clearly tell I think the first play was in he got burned by Lockett Lockett had a good game uh, he did. I think mainly because Oliver was covering him most of the time it, I, I would really would like to see Womack instead of Oliver just to see if Maybe you can add something mm-hmm. else, uh, an extra something, a bit more fire or something. I, I don't know. Uh, that, I think that's my worry. When we didn't have, you know, our defense started playing well when we took Oliver out and added Chase Young and, and put Lenore in the slot. If we go back to our, what we used to do beginning of the season, I'm a bit afraid that maybe we could uh, dip, dip back down again in, in terms of efficiency, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I agree with you. I'd rather Mooney Walt sits for a couple of games if he has to mm. and be ready for the playoffs because we're definitely making the playoffs. 
So, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like we we didn't really mention it, but uh, Ray Ray McLeod is on the IR now as oh, well. Is he not? Do you is know how does that IR work? Well? Isn't Burks on IR as well, Gareth? Najib mentioned Burks earlier. Yeah, I think. No, Burks. not Burks. Um, Odom. Odom is on IR. Yeah, yeah. Odom's season is probably over. I think he needs surgery. Yeah. Um, McLeod. So the 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 IR is three weeks. Four weeks. I can't remember. It's the short IR from the COVID year. So uh, he, I think he can come back. When was he put on IR? Oh, Last yes. week. I think so, yeah. Last week. So I think he can come back week 18, if, I'm, if I get that right. But we seem to be doing okay on, on a return um, game with Debo and, and Ronnie Bell. So We do. And uh, hopefully, I mean, touch wood, it's, you can never take anything for granted. But uh, hopefully next week's game... Is one where where the starters won't necessarily be uh, be needed. Let's uh, let's say that. Shall we uh, shall we move on to the uh, small matter of uh, our score predictions? And uh, let's uh, let's stick with the um, uh, player watch because we we kind of covered Demo, we yeah. covered a little bit, uh, covered a little bit of Ronnie Bell, um, but a bit of Jordan Mason, I think, and a bit of Jaya Brown. Yeah, to you, Naji. Jordan Mason. Uh, I didn't realize uh, Elijah Mitchell was out. I didn't. Realize when he got hurt, he doesn't really play and gets hurt all the time. It's such a shame, such a shame to see him not succeeding. But happy to see Jordan Mason get another touchdown this year. Uh, I know it's confusing, but I think he scored week two, week one, week two. Can't remember. It was that long ago. Um, mm. But it just for the for the small amount sample that he had, he looks so much better than Mitchell. Uh, you know the little screen that he had, he managed to get five, six yards out of it. The couple of runs that he had, he runs hungry and he finished the game by getting us a first down again. And every, I don't know, with him, every time he touches the ball, you expect something big to happen. It's like the, Mitchell and Jordan Mason is like Jimmy and Brock. Just the feeling of when they've got the ball in their hand is totally different. And the eye test, it will break one. I mean, he's already done it against mm. Seattle a few years back. But he, he will break one, a big one, a long one at at some point. You know it's going to happen. If it's not, it's going to be eight yards anyway because he's just going to ball himself to it and he's not stoppable. I love the guy. I really hope he plays more and he plays a bigger part in our in our offense. He's amazing. You guys, I mean, you guys agree. Yeah. Totally. It's, it's a bit of a mystery why he started well, I think, in the beginning of the season, then just seemed to disappear a bit. Didn't we? Then we've seen a little bit of Mitchell coming back in and I've... recovering from his injuries. I think there was talk that Shanahan wasn't perhaps pleased with his yeah. um, ability blocking. to pick up his pass blocking yeah. um, duties. Um, to me, that means you, the coaches have got to work a bit harder with him to, to make sure they get that um, there. It's not all on them, it's, but it's not all on perhaps on the player either. Yeah, but it, it takes um, hopefully, time, you know. Yeah, hopefully this is a sign that he's he's got a bit of trust. Because um, we saw at the end of last season, he was closing out games. He was getting eight, ten carries to close mm-hmm. out games, and and I think we all we all love to see CMC, and it's exciting every time he gets the ball. But right now, this point of the season, I'd rather see CMC on the on the bench in the fourth quarter because he's not needed. I'd that's where I'd rather see him. So. It's all part of the Shanna plan. We've kept mm. Mason under wraps for Najee Karar, and now we're going to release him totally. in the playoffs, and that, it, it's all part of the plan, chaps. <laughs> It's good to see. It is good to see, all jokes aside. 
It is, and and he's going to be needed. Um, yeah, and he could, yeah, like you say, he could he could burst one out at any time. So uh, yeah, definitely. Mm. And then Brown, Jair, I mean, Jair is. Uh, oh, it's hard for me to say that, but I think it's better than half. And different kind of, really different style of play. That is bold. That is very bold. I'm, yeah, I know, I know. And I'm, I'm ditching on a guy that's hurt. It's not fair because he can't prove me wrong. But the tackling is better, I think. Much better tackling. He's very sound in his tackling. Another pick and a good one. This one, this one wasn't thrown to him. Um. I, I don't know. Eye test, again. He's, he seemed to be everywhere. His blitzes are way more potent than Huff's. Um, when he does blitz, it seems to have more of an impact, uh, is what I mean. Uh, I don't know. He's it, like it's like a mix between Jamal Adams and Huff. Uh, and, and in the box safety, he can tackle, you know, when Jamal Adams was good. Um and Huff playability as well. Uh, I don't know. I just, I really like him. He's really sound and he's always there. Even when there's a big play and you think, oh, this could go to the house. He's here to make the tackle as, as a safety should do. Um, yeah, no, I love the guy and I'm going to keep a very close eye on him. It's just such a shame the broadcast doesn't show a slightly wider angle and you can't see safeties. You have to watch all 22 if you want to see safety play, which is very annoying. Uh, but it's, it's the way the game goes, unfortunately. But yeah, no, I love the guy. Um, definitely, he's gonna. He's very slowly increasing into my favorite defensive player, and there's a lot of people to go past. So, mm. uh, but he's doing he's doing a good job of it. You mentioned the tackle and Nadji. That's a very good point. Before Gareth says, where six tackles on the day, Gareth, but he didn't miss any. We had 14 missed tackles, which was a bit of a worry for the defense because it happened against Philly. It hasn't cost us a pass breakup. And you said he was better than Huff. He reminds me of Huff with those safety instincts. The interception, he read the quarterback's eyes and he, mm. he plucked it down. And the organisation were high on him in the summer, but his development has gone light years ahead of everyone else. And you, you've got to wonder, is this what Steve Wilkes was brought in for? We've, yeah. we've talked about the secondary. We've talked about losing players. Didn't skip a beat. And I'm still stunned at that bold prediction that he's better than Huff. You, you didn't hear it wrong. Gowland, you're right. Nadji has said Brown is better than Hafanga. What did you make of that comment, Gary? Were you as shocked maybe. as me? I, I am shocked. I think it's probably a bit early, but I think it's fair yeah. to say we've we haven't missed Hafanga, and that's not against Hafanga. That's 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 an endorsement of Brown. Um, that he's come in and he hasn't looked lost. He hasn't looked like uh, Shanahan's phrase: the game is isn't too big for him. He's just slotted right in. I think Shannon has said, look, the guy's been ready to play for weeks. He just didn't get an opportunity. And unfortunately, Huff's gone down. There's his opportunity and he slots straight in. Yeah. Um, and, and we've had no concerns about it. Uh, he's got a good tackle. I think there's there's more to come from him as well. I think yeah. a, a bit, a bit uh, yeah. more confidence and a bit more, as we saw with Huff, uh, to be able to channel that aggressive nature and have the confidence that you're not going to get caught out of position, which unfortunately Huff, uh, was guilty of certainly quite a lot last year. Um, he was biting on plays, and offensive coordinators were were noticing that, um, and I think um, uh, victimised him a couple of times. There were certainly a couple of plays where he got caught, and I haven't really seen that with Brown yet. That's the I thing. That's, that's the that's the one mm. thing we've we've not seen is him getting beat for a touchdown, and he's played in four games already, or three games, four games now, and he's not been beat deep once for a touchdown, and half a 
you still have a tendency to do that. Uh, again, they're very different safeties. One one is a free safety, the other one's a strong safety. Different position, played differently. Uh, I'm very excited for next year when Huff gets back to see those two. Oh, yeah. If Tashin if Tashin Gibson does decide to retire, uh, those two together on the field is going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. And you know the Niners haven't had a great safety for a long time. Uh, you know Eric Reed kind of like touched on it a little bit, but it wasn't quite complete. Uh, and I, I can't really remember the last time we had, you know, so a safety that we could look out for and enjoy playing. It's been, it's been a long, long time. Maybe, maybe running out. Maybe. You just, Jimmy Ward. No, come on, <laughs> stop it. Not a safety to start with. He's a corner. Stop it. Fair enough. We we will, we will move on. Yeah, you don't have to go down a rabbit hole, Gareth. Come on, buddy. We <laughs> were. We were on player watch. I'm not sure. I mean, Ronnie Bell's contribution wasn't wasn't a positive one. Um, he fell no, down. Much, much to, yeah, he fell down. I know. It's. I'm not having a pop at him. It's a good learning curve for him. But yeah, it, I said yeah. last week, it's good to see him um, on the field. He's getting um, his run blocking up there. He's involved, but the fall. As soon as it, as soon as I realised it was Ronnie Bellafar of all the bloody players, but it didn't cost us Gareth learning curve. It so it cost no wish a lot. It just cost a lot. Yeah. It's the greatest player in the history of the Forty Niners in Najee Karaz's eyes. That's all it cost everybody. But hopefully, I'm seeing. <laughs> You know, with the, we talked about this with McLeod out. I am hopeful that that Ronnie Bell is is going to get a tar- get a target or two towards the end. Maybe maybe next week, um, potentially if uh, if we can get a game wrapped up uh, earlier than yeah. and still yeah. fight for it in the fourth quarter. So well, I mean, the, we, to to see oh. him on the field this much, I think, is quite an indication of what he was a six round rookie right so he shouldn't be on the field this much and he is so that, that proves how good he is and yeah same again I'm, I'm looking forward to next year and seeing him involved in the offense a bit more and, and all that it's good stuff score predictions have you got Let's the table um some little stories with with this one i must say i've uh i don't think i've 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 ever said anything nice about pete cowell but his his choice to go for that two point conversion um <laughs> thanks pete well, if you want, if we want to segue into a, a, a small rabbit hole, I, I want to give credit oh, credit to because you know we're nice people on this show. We give credit when credit is due. I thought Drew Lock really had a a pretty good game for you know what he had to do. To so not having started bench. in eighteen yeah. months or whatever, it, then yeah, crazy. That photo he came out was pretty impressive, and he played really well. Um, minimal mistakes. I know we could have had maybe three or four picks if we got a bit lucky. Lenore. Money Ward dropped one. Mm. Uh, Lenore twice, I think. Oh, he got Lenore one got call back. He got one call back and should have yeah, had And then the Fred Warner and the Jay Brand. So there would have been five pick, which, you know, changes the complexion of the game a lot. Uh, but yeah, no, kudos to him. Uh, he played pretty well, especially away. And then I, I know we don't like him, but Pete Carroll is, is an amazing coach. And the gutsiness to call the play that we called on them last year uh, to yeah. score that touchdown. Uh, I, I I just love the worksmanship and the marksmanship on this. It's just it's just cool to see this NFC West rivalry. You say it's dead. I don't think it is. I think it's just in a different state at the moment. Uh, I mean, yeah, perhaps in terms of its competitive 
Yeah, it's not as important, but it's still yeah. there, and they're still gonna. Those games are always gonna mean something else to to fans and plays like this. Just, I just, I like it. It's, it's part of the history of the NFL and stuff. It's it's really it cool. It was fun. And, I just think that looks familiar, and it's like yeah, yeah, it's the only way you can score on us is is stealing things out of our playbook. Yeah, and if you that's know, all you've got. The best, uh, the best flattery is is. Uh, Imitation is the best of flattery, isn't it? Um, but yeah, no, I liked it. I think it was cool. Uh, applaud moment to Pete Carroll. I I don't have a problem with Pete Carroll. I thought he's a legendary coach. So uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. I mean, Lee the guy's Gowland seventy-two. Would disagree. He's seventy-two. <laughs> you see how he looks? It's crazy. No, it's because he's from USC and he doesn't understand that thing and all it's got that. Nothing it's just, to do it's with a that. Long it's got nothing to do with that. It all comes out of one play, which Carroll's going to get into in a minute. I know. I know. I know. Well, you were you were with Lee. Did he, did he take it well when he oh, yeah, realised that there was no way he was going to get the seventeen points he took from the Seahawks? I think I did was. He, did he? Ah, oh, ho hum. There you well, go. Well, you know ways. when Dre Greenlaw wrapped up Drew Locke and gently laid him down on the field, and we all expected Drew to be slammed by Greenlaw. That was my biggest shock of the night, Gareth, until they lined up in this two-point conversion. And Lee Gowland turned the air blue at the candlestick. And you'd think I had called the two-play. The way he shouted at me, I jumped out of my skin. And it's safe to say if he was here now, Nadji, I think he would be thrown the red challenge flag because he was absolutely livid, Gareth. He was the human. I wouldn't be surprised if this stays in the memory long for Mr. Gowland because I think he was... How many points would he have got if he'd got the score right? Five. He would have yeah. an, an extra, yeah, and, and five points, exactly. Uh, and it's not even just that. It would have taken me and Gareth off two points as well, which is <laughs> it's just even it's funnier, really. It's to calm down, then the fireball ran out, and then Nadji dropped a lovely graphic in our group chat, which pointed out <laughs> that he was at the top of the leaderboard, so his temper went back up there. So, no, he didn't take it well, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> as expected, as I would say. Uh, for the people oh, not watching, uh, if you want me to go through it real quick, we actually did pretty well this week uh, overall. Uh, so Lee's got seven points with 35-17. So the 17 got him the two extra points. Uh, I got nine points, which is uh, pretty good. I'm happy Your with best that. best prediction of the season? No, I got a 10. I got a, have a prediction. I got a 10 <laughs> against the Bengals, but I didn't, didn't like that. Um, yeah, no, I was within three for both score and the win, so that's nine points for me. Uh, Paul with the just normal uh, five points, the usual win, nice, nice five points. And Gareth with seven, uh, 38 13, so you were within three, uh, which again, that extra point would have taken you out of those two points. Oh, yeah. Um, so the table looks like this Paul and I are in first place with 66 points. Lee in third position with 58, and Gareth fourth with 55. So there's only three mm. points between uh, between you and the podium, Gareth. I, 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 it would yeah. be so funny if, if you just beat him on the last day <laughs> and he finished last. If, I think if Lee finishes last, uh, this segment of the podcast is going to somehow vanish and disappear. The, and the entire podcast might man. go. He's going to pack up his laptop and never speak yeah. to us again. If you win, Nadji. I think he's going to put an asterisk next to this one because he was not happy that, in his words, we gave you this star. Because as Gareth alluded to, you weren't here. uh, That's the elephant in the room. 
one of us hadn't asked you for your score. We, we, we were all joking. I think Lee put 50 nil at the Seahawks to begin with, buddy. But we thought, yeah, no, we can't um, do that. No, Fred Nadji. And look at what happens. I know, so, yeah. I, <laughs> in, for context, for people that maybe missed the last show, I was pretty busy at work and completely forgot uh, that the pod was happening. And I got a message, which I, I got way too late. <laughs> and then upon listening, I mean, 31-13 is funny. That's the one that was last week. And it was the one that Lee predicted last year twice. So that's why it's become a statement of, that, of this game. And that's why it got chosen. And I, I think it was a good choice in terms of the... <laughs> obviously, now with insight, it's a great choice, of course. But at the time, I mean, I mean, you know, in terms of... We were 14 points favorite when the game started. So... Now, 13, 31-13 is not, it's not too unreasonable Don't for me to Lee, choose Nadji. something. Don't listen to Lee, We're all no. friends. Me and Gareth are happy that you got that score. Just, just don't I'm, listen I'm to Lee. Happy. I'm very happy about it. Um, and, uh, you know, all I want to say to Lee, if he's not happy, is just, you should just predict better. And we, we yeah. wouldn't be in this, in this position. <laughs> He'd be in the top and it wouldn't matter. And that's, and that's that. Speaking of positions and at the top, so we are we are the number one seed. Um, did you watch any of the? You watched the Cowboys Eagles game. I must admit, I only watched the the highlights. Um, did seem like the Eagles really struggled, uh, particularly struggled to keep hold of the ball, and the and the Cowboys were able to take advantage. Do you think is it possible that the Cowboys are a bigger threat to our Super Bowl position than the Eagles? Possible? Dare we say it? Yeah, I think they're a better team right now. Um, I think than so. Than the Eagles, not the Than the Eagles, yes, 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 of course. <laughs> I think the Eagles have kind of been found out and their yeah. new coordinators don't really have the answers uh, to adjust and readjust. And yeah, um, yeah. At, at, at this moment in time, I think, but who knows? They're playing the Giant twice and somebody else not not great so seahawks next week seahawks next week will the seahawks do us a favor that would be great if the seahawks could do us a favor eagle eagles have got to go there so they've just been to dallas then they've got to go to mm. seattle and yeah that's a that's a tough know, game that's a tough game and, and they're just not playing really still well in it. yeah yeah with the yeah. with the rams loss well seattle the, aren't out they, of the playoffs they got beat twice by the rams so that's going to be very difficult for them to uh but we're going to beat the rams at least once yeah 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 it's possible yeah we're getting to that end of the season where who would have thought the Rams would have pushed the Ravens? That end of that game was crazy. The Eagles, the known for being offensively one of the better teams, Gareth, didn't score an offensive Not touchdown last yeah. night. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott, I was sick of hearing the MVP talk from the talking heads at the start. He had an all right game through for two touchdowns. Game, the the Cowboys good. looked better than the Eagles, is what I'd say. Um, yeah. My friend Chris, who's a huge Cowboys fan, thinks it's their year. I've had a detailed breakdown. Told him I was watching the game. Yeah, I've still had my weekly text that I get off him. So he's feeling very bullish at the moment. But uh, the Cowboys fan thinking it's their year. Whoever's yeah, whoever's new? heard of such a thing. What's new? Is that new? Nineteen ninety-two. They've been thinking this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we watched that one up on the candlestick. In it was kind of strange. Niners fans wanting the Cowboys to win, but obviously we wanted that number one seed. It's well, we of... wanted the Eagles to lose, which is yes. very different yeah. than yeah. Cowboys yeah. winning. Yeah. yeah, there was no chanting, shall one say, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. there was a lot of uh, 
alcoholic beverages being consumed by the majority watching. But no, it, it was an all right game, Gareth. But it was just strange because with that conditioned to the Seahawks being a bit closer, and I, I just the game finished. And I thought, like you said, Najee, it was as we expected. And then we kind of write what's next, and now we've got the number one seed, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in the next coming weeks because we have to win out. Ravens coming up, can't well, overlook the Cardinals, which we'll, we'll get see. to later in the week. But no, it, it was an all right game, Gareth, to watch up there. Yeah, it's. I think the playoff picture across the league is is shaping out quite nicely. Uh, I think you know suddenly we talked about it on the last show. Falcons being in uh, number four seed, suddenly they no lose, and, and it's the Bucks. Yeah. Um, there's a lot I didn't see uh, the Steelers losing to the Patriots. Uh, Bills beat the Chiefs. Chiefs look very beatable. Suddenly, Bengals look possibly dangerous with their backup quarterback, or certainly like they could win a a playoff game. So it's it's It's, yeah, yeah, shaking out to be a a, an exciting end of the season. Uh, And we know all we've got to do now is win all our games, and uh, and we can sit back on that first week and and watch it play out. Any any final thoughts? We've hit the hour mark, um, and just with the three of us, that's pretty good going. That is so, pretty good. Yeah, no, no rabbit holes. No, no, that's true. That's true. Um, just well done to all the you know faithful UK for doing uh, meetups and all that. Meet-ups? I know there was a good one in Ireland as well, so kudos to them too. Uh, just for clarity, the Candlestick Inn is not <laughs> the official UK 49ers. Uh, bar it's just brett sinclair's little bar in his house and he invites some of us so if you want to go there just go and meet brett at some point you know he'll probably invite you he just invites very good friends and you can become very good friends with him in about 30 seconds because he's a lovely chap um so yeah that's what happens no confusion here it wasn't it it was a meetup but it wasn't an official i just wanted to um Say thank you to Brett for hosting. Yeah, Equally behind me for those watching, and he, oh yeah, the cab thing. Oh, so, so Brett has a good friend who he uses to decorate the candles to come with certain canvases, and obviously, as Nadji said, you meet Brett Sinclair, absolute top bloke, life and soul of the party, and he got myself and Lee a thank you for all the work that we've done. So we had those patents commissioned, so picked them up yesterday. I am very excitable, everybody. I am puppy-like. The candlestick in is one of my favourite nights of the year. So I was sharing that in the Discord. And like you said, Nadja, we want people to have these meetups. Yeah. We want people mm-hmm. to, you know, get together. But one final thought, Gareth. Love to see Kinlaw going to the team store yesterday, buy an Eric Armstead jersey and rock that at the start. It shows the team spirit we've got. And it did make me think... What should have we done for Gowland tonight? But because he was so angry at you, Nadji, I decided not to tip a homage to him. But I'm looking forward to him coming back on the show with a better score prediction, as you said, Nadji. What did you say? Mm. He has to predict That's better. the game. That's what you got to do. <laughs> and you can you can start that next week with that. Yeah, see how it how it's going to go against the Cardinals, fresh off their bye. That's right. So thanks, lads. Uh, thanks Thank to you. everyone who listens and watches the show. What did you make of that game? Who stood out? Who had a great game? Who do you want to give some love to? Um, and it better be Mitch Wisnowski and Fred Warner. Um, let us know in the comments. We will be back later in the week to look ahead to the next Sunday's visit to the desert to take on the Cardinals. So enjoy your week and go Niners.